0: You are listening to The Pregnancy Podcast with Vanessa Merton. Hello, thank you for tuning into The Pregnancy Podcast. The full article and resources that accompany this episode can be found at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash weaning. I'd like to thank Zoller for their support of this episode. Zoller makes an amazing prenatal vitamin. And they just made it even better. They've reformulated the vitamin. They're now using DHA from algae instead of fish oil. So it's vegan if that's something that's important to you. And it's just a better, higher quality source of DHA. They are still using the active form of folate, which is so important. That is the first thing that I look for in a prenatal vitamin. I was already in love with this vitamin and I like it even more now. You know that you need to be taking a prenatal vitamin when you're pregnant or even if you are thinking about having a baby and even postpartum and when you're breastfeeding, a prenatal vitamin is still great to take. And I do think that quality matters. I've been taking the Zoller prenatal for years and I think that it is the best one on the market, especially with all of the new improvements. To check out the vitamin and get a promo code to save 25% on Amazon, go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash vitamin. I also want to thank IntelliBed for their support. I spent way too much time looking into new mattresses for my family because I do my research. And especially when you're making a big purchase, like buying a new bed, it's something that I definitely want to do my due diligence on. And the chemicals that are in mattresses are pretty insane. And the off-gassing of those chemicals is a serious concern for anyone, but especially if you're pregnant, if you have a baby or small kids that could be exposed to those chemicals. So after dozens of hours of research, looking into all the options out there, I went with IntelliBed. And my favorite thing about their mattresses is that there is zero off-gassing. So it's a great choice for safety, but also this is the most comfortable bed that I have ever slept in. It feels like you're weightless. It's amazing and I love it. I teamed up with IntelliBed to get you an exclusive offer. You can get 10% off, free shipping, free sheets, and a free mattress cover. Plus they have a 90 day trial. So if you try it and you don't love it, you can return it. Plus IntelliBed has a 20 year warranty. And that's pretty unheard of. They make amazing mattresses and they really stand by their products. To check out IntelliBed, you can visit pregnancypodcast.com forward slash mattress. This episode, we are talking about weaning. The definition of weaning is to introduce your baby to food that's other than mother's milk. And in the context of this episode, we're talking about weaning as in stopping breastfeeding. And this is something that I have done now twice. And both times I had so much anxiety about quitting breastfeeding, and I want to take the anxiety out of that for you. So that's the goal of this episode. Plus, I want to share something that I did with both my children that I think made quitting breastfeeding a lot easier. It's kind of my little secret. It's probably going to make you laugh. It might be a little silly, but I think it really helped a ton. I have some go-to resources for breastfeeding that are amazing when you're learning about how to breastfeed or you want to troubleshoot specific issues. But all these resources fall short because they lack actionable advice on weaning. When you're looking for information on weaning online, what you tend to find is all of the reasons why you shouldn't wean and how to fix any issues that you're having so you can keep breastfeeding and the benefits of breastfeeding. You know that I support breastfeeding and the evidence to do that is overwhelmingly in support of breastfeeding over formula. And this is all fantastic, but you will hit a point when you're done. And I want to spare you the lecture on all this stuff. There's a page on the Pregnancy Podcast website with all of the breastfeeding resources, episode articles, everything in one place. And you can check that out at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash breastfeeding. Unfortunately, there's not a huge amount of research on quitting breastfeeding. Research is more focused on keeping mothers nursing, and this makes sense, but it isn't a lot of help when you're ready to wean and you have limited evidence on how to do it. Weaning is often talked about in terms of baby-led weaning or mother-led weaning, and this refers to who initiates it. Typically, a baby doesn't just Get over breastfeeding by themselves, probably at least before the age of two. But as children get older, they may decide that they are done with breastfeeding. Mother led weaning is when the mom decides that she no longer wants to breastfeed and she's the one that initiates it. And that's a lot more common. I should mention too that there is something called baby led weaning that refers to feeding your baby solid foods. With that, it's kind of rather than spoon feed with traditional baby food you give your baby just food in front of them that they can pick up and eat and play with and feed themselves. That's a topic for another episode. So here when I'm talking about baby led weaning, I'm talking about your baby initiating the stopping of breastfeeding. There are a lot of different reasons that some moms choose to wean. It can be for health reasons. If you're taking medications that may not be compatible with breastfeeding, If you do want to know whether a medication is safe to take while you're breastfeeding, there's a database called LactMed. I'll put a link to it in the full article, and that's a really great resource. If you were having some kind of medical procedure done that would make it very difficult to breastfeed for a short time or during recovery, if you're returning to work and you don't wish to pump to continue to provide milk, if your baby is having food sensitivities and you're having trouble working that out, and If you are just done breastfeeding, and this is a completely valid reason to quit breastfeeding, and it's really seldom talked about that breastfeeding can be very challenging, both physically and emotionally. And if you're just over it and done with it, that's also a reason to wean. I want to address dealing with some social pressure, and this can happen both to continue breastfeeding or to stop breastfeeding. Someone in your life, or maybe everyone in your life, is going to have opinions about breastfeeding and how you feed your baby. And other people's opinions don't matter. And that's easier said than done, I know. But you need to do what's right for you and your baby, regardless of what other people think. You may expect that people would make comments in favor of breastfeeding. People say things like, oh, why would you quit breastfeeding? It's so beneficial for your baby. Or Formula is so expensive and breastfeeding is free. Well, I'll spare you the rant on that last one, but breastfeeding is really only free if your time and energy are worth nothing, which could not be further from the truth. What you may not be prepared for is people saying things like, Oh wow, you're still breastfeeding? I had a friend tell me once that I needed to stop soon before I wrecked my boobs, which was really terrible advice. People's opinions should not have any bearing on your decision to wean. And I know that oftentimes in social situations, we can really find ourselves being pressured into decisions that we're not really on board with. Let's talk about when to wean. And this is really a question that only you can answer because every mom and baby are different. The American Academy of Pediatrics, their official policy on breastfeeding recommends exclusive breastfeeding for about six months, followed by continued breastfeeding as complementary foods are introduced with continuation of breastfeeding for one year or longer as mutually desired by mother and infant. And I do like that they put that caveat in there at the end, the mutually desired by mother and infant because they are recognizing that breastfeeding is a relationship, and it has to work for both of you. The World Health Organization recommends exclusive breastfeeding for six months as the optimal way of feeding infants. Thereafter, infants should receive complementary foods with continued breastfeeding up to two years of age or beyond. So those are kind of the general guidelines. If you're looking for some guidelines on timeframes to wean. But again, every mom, every baby's different. Also do keep in mind that if you stop breastfeeding before your baby's first birthday, then it's recommended that you supplement with formula. When to wean is a really tough decision and one that's up to you. If you have questions as to your baby's nutrition and diet, then your pediatrician can be a great resource. There are some times that may not be the most ideal to wean. This would be if you have another big transition going on in your life, like if you're moving to a new home. Your baby breastfeeds not only for nutrition, but also for comfort. So if they're dealing with one big change, it may not be the best time to introduce another one. You may also want to avoid weaning if your baby has a cold or if they're sick. Babies and even toddlers tend to nurse more often when they're sick. Maybe it has to do with antibodies in your milk, which will help them get healthy quicker. Maybe it's just the comfort of nursing when they don't feel good. Ideally, you want to wean when you don't have any major life changes going on and when your baby is healthy. When you wean your baby has a lot of impact on how you do it. Weaning a three-year-old and a six-month-old are two completely different things. The big thing that you want to keep in mind is that your milk works on a demand and supply system. The more you breastfeed, the more milk you're going to make. And if you lessen the amount of time that your baby is nursing, you're going to effectively tell your body to make less milk. And a six-month-old is going to drink a lot more milk in quantity and frequency than a three-year-old would because that three-year-old is going to be eating a lot of other foods. It's generally recommended that you don't quit breastfeeding cold turkey, meaning that you stop all at once. It's more favorable if you do it gradually over a period of time. And the main reason for this is that it's likely going to be easier for your baby to adjust, plus your breasts need to adjust. If you have a six-month-old baby that you're feeding throughout the day and you quit cold turkey, your breasts are still producing milk, and you're going to be at a higher risk for things like Plug ducts and mastitis. And I don't want to freak you out. That's what happened to me both times that I weaned my kid. Searching for evidence and tips and techniques online, everything really had me panicking that I was going to get plugged ducts and mastitis. And that's the last thing I want to do is freak you out. And it's important to know that weaning gradually is going to help minimize those risks. Some organizations like La Leche League break weaning down into two parts, daytime and nighttime weaning. And I'll link to an article with tips from La Leche League. Daytime weaning in some respects can be easier because you can use other people or distractions or food and snacks to help. And at night, you might find yourself just wanting to do whatever will get your baby to sleep or back to sleep as quickly as possible. And that's often breastfeeding. And the Kelly Mom website also has a great article on weaning that I'll link to. I want to cover a lot of tips for weaning and not all of these are going to apply to you, but some will. So take what's useful from this episode and understand that it's not going to be everything. If your baby is under a year old, then you're going to need to supplement with formula and you can start out by replacing one nursing with a bottle and then gradually increase that over time. This way you're gradually decreasing your supply to minimize those risks to you, like the plug ducks and the mastitis. An example of this would be to swap out one feeding and then give yourself 3 days to adjust your supply. And then you're going to swap out another feeding, give yourself about 3 days, etc. So morning and nighttime feedings usually tend to be the last ones to go. And many moms find it easier to swap out a bottle for a midday feeding rather than trying to give their baby a bottle over their breasts right before bed. Some tips for daytime weaning. One is don't offer to breastfeed, but if your baby wants to breastfeed, don't refuse it. With this, breastfeeding is still an option. You're just not offering it, but if your baby wants it, then you would allow them to nurse. Another thing you can do during the day is to alter your routine. This could be something simple like where you hang out at home. If you usually sit in a specific chair and nurse your baby, maybe you avoid that or hang out in a different room. Also, what you do first thing in the morning when they wake up or what you're doing before they take a nap. And you can also plan ahead to avoid the situations that tend to trigger you breastfeeding. So if every day you take your baby for a walk in the park and you get home and sit on the couch and let them nurse, maybe when you get home, you want to head to a playroom or go to the kitchen and make a snack. Just do something different. Another tip for daytime weaning is to get other people involved, like your partner. And if you nurse your baby to get them down for a nap, you can have your partner get them down. I realize that if you're staying at home with your baby and you don't have someone else around, that that's probably not going to work for you. Distractions can be really great tools. Things like getting out of the house, going to a park or on a walk. You can offer snacks or food if your baby's older than six months. And also just cutting down on the amount of time that you're nursing. So maybe instead of a full feeding session, you just do it for a few minutes and then try and shift their attention to something else nighttime weaning is a little bit different. So some tips for nighttime weaning. One is to change where your baby sleeps. Maybe if you've been co-sleeping, you've decided that it's time to move your baby out of your bed and to another sleeping situation. You can get somebody else like your partner to try and tackle getting your baby to sleep. If you usually nurse them to sleep, you can offer your baby or your child a snack or a drink before bed. And take a look at your bedtime routine and maybe make some tweaks to it so that it's not revolving around breastfeeding. Common things a nighttime routine can include are taking a bath, putting on pajamas, reading books, singing a lullaby. Maybe you can change it up a little bit. Your baby often associates nursing with comfort and some time that they get to be really close to you. And even if you're stopping breastfeeding, you can still give them that attention in the form of hugs or holding them and lots of cuddles. So you can still get that close snuggle time with your baby, even if you're not breastfeeding. Some other random tips for you. One is to talk to your child and let them know that nursing is coming to an end. And this may seem silly with a younger baby, but I do think that babies understand far more than we give them credit for. And with an older child, this is definitely helpful because it's going to assist them to understand the changes that are coming and to help them accept those changes. And keep in mind throughout this whole process that breastfeeding can be very emotional, and you may find yourself emotional about quitting, even if you're ready to do it. Plus, there may be some hormone changes that can happen as your body's adjusting, and that can contribute to your mood or your emotional state. So, give yourself some patience and some love and some time to adjust to being a mother who does not breastfeed because it can really be a major life change and don't expect to adjust perfectly overnight. Let's talk about some troubleshooting. Probably the most common thing that happens when you're weaning is engorgement. And so, that's when your breasts haven't really adjusted to reducing less milk. And if milk's not being removed, then your breasts may feel really full and heavy. They could be uncomfortable or painful. So if your breasts become engorged and it's uncomfortable, you want to express just enough milk to make yourself comfortable. There's no magic number like you only want to pump for two minutes or just express one ounce. The trick is just not to empty your breasts completely. Because that's effectively telling your body to make more milk. You also may find it helpful to take a hot shower, which can make expressing milk by hand a little bit easier. You may also find the heat comforting. And alternatively to that, you can try a cold compress and see if that helps if your breasts are just uncomfortable. If you are concerned that you have a plugged duct or that you're getting mastitis, you don't want to let that go untreated. I can tell you that it is 100% possible to wean without running into these problems. I don't want you to be freaked out about these potential risks. I dealt with plug ducts and mastitis during both of my breastfeeding journeys. In my most recent one, I even had mastitis go into a full abscess. But all of those problems happen fairly early on in the breastfeeding relationship. I had no problems during the weaning process. It is not recommended that you bind your breasts. That's really outdated advice, and that can put you at a higher risk for plugged ducts. You might find that a supportive bra is comfortable, but you don't want to tightly wrap your breasts or bind them. That's not going to do anything to shut down your milk production. Another thing you can try are cabbage leaves, and that's something that can be helpful when you're trying to give your breasts some relief if they're engorged. And to try and dry up your milk. And I dug into the evidence on cabbage leaves in a Q and A episode that I'll link to. Pseudafed, which is the brand name of the drug pseudoephedrine is a decongestant that may be helpful for reducing your supply. And this is typically used for a stuffy nose and sinus pain or pressure from a cold. And the drug gives you relief from these symptoms because it shrinks swollen nasal mucous membranes. But it turns out that it may also reduce milk production. In a small study, researchers found that a 60 milligram dose of pseudoephedrine versus a placebo reduced milk production by up to 24%. So, if you're looking for another way to reduce your milk production, that could be something to consider. If you're interested in something more natural than an over the counter medication, there are some herbs that can reduce your supply. Sage and jasmine tend to be the two big ones, but there are some other herbs like peppermint that may help in lowering your milk supply. For more details on herbs that can reduce your milk supply, I'm going to link to a Kelly Mom article that goes pretty in-depth onto some different herbs you can use. The last thing I want to include in this episode is my personal secret weaning hack. This is something that I found buried pages deep in a chat on some random website when I was freaking out about how to stop breastfeeding with my first child. So you want to know my secret? It's limes. I cut a slice of lime and squeezed the juice on my nipples. And when I came across this tip, it sa- it actually suggested lemons, but I didn't have any lemons at the time, but I did have limes. And I thought, That it was going to burn my skin, especially because your nipples are really sensitive. Thankfully it did not. But what it did do was make my milk taste sour. So when I tried this with my son at the time, he was just over a year and a half and I told him that my milk was yucky, that it didn't taste good anymore and he didn't believe me. So I let him try it and lo and behold, he found out that I was right. So I put lime on my nipples again another couple times just in preparation for my son to throw a fit when I didn't want to breastfeed him. And that never happened. It just worked like a charm. But it really wasn't the limes alone. I employed a lot of other techniques that we talked about today, like don't offer, don't refuse, reducing the frequency of nursing, which had slowed down quite a bit by the time my son was a year and a half. My husband was helping get him to bed. I hopped in a hot shower and expressed a little milk when my breasts were really engorged. There were a lot of different things in play, but I do think that the limes helped. I actually tried this again with my daughter, and she tried to nurse a few times with the lime juice on my nipples to the point where I actually thought that this might be backfiring and that she would like the taste. But after a couple times, she too got over it. So I'm not saying that it's magic and it's going to work and solve all your problems, but it might be worth a shot in combination with some of the other tips that we talked about in this episode. If you are having any difficulties or you want somebody to walk you through the weaning process, get a lactation consultant involved. We'd often think of seeing a lactation consultant to help with breastfeeding, but they can also be helpful when the time comes to stop. You can also talk to your midwife or doctor and even your pediatrician may be helpful in terms of talking about your baby's nutrition and how they're going to respond to weaning. Ending your breastfeeding relationship can leave you feeling a lot of emotions. You may be sad to end that phase of your parenting journey and you may be ecstatic to have more freedom and you just may be ready to move on to the next phase. And both of those are normal and healthy. And even if you do run into some snags, I promise that you will not breastfeed forever. Eventually you will get your boobs back to yourself. Your baby will be eating all kinds of solid foods and you will be on to new parenting adventures. I hope this episode helps put your mind at ease a little bit about weaning and takes some of the anxiety out of it. To recap today's episode, we talked about what weaning is some guidelines on timeframes of when to do that, and a lot of tips for weaning, whether you're just doing daytime or nighttime weaning, whether your baby's six months old or three years old. I want to thank you for tuning into the Pregnancy Podcast today. As always, you can contact me, Vanessa, at PregnancyPodcast.com. You can read the full article and resources that accompany this episode at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash weaning. Thank you to Zoller for their support of this episode. Zoller makes a very high quality prenatal vitamin. It has the active form of folate, really bioavailable iron, plus omega-3s and DHA. This is my number one recommendation for a prenatal vitamin. To check it out and get a promo code to save 25% on Amazon, go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash vitamin. And thank you to IntelliBed for their support. IntelliBed makes safe mattresses that have zero off-gassing. This really is the most comfortable bed that I have ever slept in. And my two priorities for mattresses are safety and comfort. And IntelliBed really nails both of these. IntelliBet offers a 90-day trial, and their mattress is backed by a 20-year warranty. You can get 10% off, plus free shipping, free sheets, and a free mattress cover. To check that out, go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash mattress.